1: around the NFL podcast
2: poolside
3: welcome to another episode of the around the NFL podcast my name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a hotel filled with heroes Mark Sessler Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal what is up
4: boys Uh, hey Dan Mark has the biggest smile I've ever well, seen. Well, I, I
5: mean, you know, to pull back the curtain, if that's actually what we're doing here, we, we have done roughly, I was told by a listener, we thought it was seven 800, more, well more than that, into the 900s or something. We're in that range. And Dan just asked after um, a first take on his opening words to the show, uh-huh. if those were the actual words, then you had to cycle we're back. By the finally, middle, you know, yeah,
3: We're here at the beautiful Fairmont um, Hotel Resort in Santa Monica for the NFL uh, Media Talent Summit, which we somehow get invited to every year. And um, so we have a great show coming up where we have some interviews with Jane Slater and Peter Schrager. Uh, but we're taping the show essentially in a hallway. And because we're not in the studio, you don't have the music from the cans. And I, a little, I'm out of, out of place, out of sorts a little bit.
5: It makes complete. I sense. thought the
4: smile was because I've never heard Dan's you know deep uh, bass voice just booming so loudly in this hallway here. I love it. That was a contributor.
3: Uh, this is a fun <laughs> event uh, for the Around the NFL podcast because we are kind of men without a country a little bit. Like they, they today, for instance, they had what they call a breakout seminars where they they break the entire media group, so they fly everybody in. From all the talent and the reporters and the analysts, all to this hotel. They put them up in the hotel. Uh, we have to commute here, but it's understandable. And the, day two, this is the second and final day, they break it up into hosts, reporters, analysts, and it's it's basically a boot camp and a, a way to converse and communicate all in the same place, and um, I, you know, I've been host of this podcast for a long time, and we do things on uh, live Twitter shows. We do NFL network hits uh, when they said, "All right, go where you you go." I walk to the uh, the host room and I, I walk in <laughs> Colleen Wolf 's there, Rich Eisen uh, unit and Siciliano, Makes too much sense. all the other hosts and uh, yes i 'm not on network all the time, but clearly that 's my role i 'm not a reporter and i 'm not a pure analyst. so I sit down and by the, by the time I even have a chance to like pick my head up. The man running the meeting, a shadowy he says, Dan, actually, you're not in this group. Uh, you're with Yikes. the reporters. And I was like, hamana, hamana, hamana. And that was just kind of the... So I, I sulked back like Charlie Brown style through the hallways to find you guys uh, for that <laughs> seminar. But you gentlemen are not reporters either. So we are kind of just floating, <laughs> I guess, closer to analysts more than anything else. But uh, that, the vibe of the event is gathering, communicating,
4: and it was a fun. It was a fun two days. And we've made some progress now. They do this six-minute sizzle reel. They did a couple different ones of them of like highlights during the year. Right. And it used to get on our radar that that we would <laughs> not even be involved in that. To six, say it nicely. In that six. We are small men. Yeah. In, in the in that, but we are now. They make sure to put one yeah. clip now. If we wanted to still be small men, we could know that they only put in the two different videos each. We got one in each, and it was only when it was a clip with another major star, Joe Thomas and one, Alvin (laughs) Kamara. So the next step will be when just the four of us is worthy. One day we can dream. It is a step,
5: though, in the right direction, because it was a year ago that they simply shoved every podcast into one of 30 slides in a slideshow. And it was about eight seconds where you had to quickly scan every pod. And ours was the four of us, and who I think they believed was Colleen Wolfe, but it was actually little Debbie
4: dressed up in her Raiders gear. And it, so, you
5: know, that to me was a slap the in the face. It's it was kind of
4: amazing to be at like a Corpo event with like Michael Irvin just rolling his eyes and making facial <laughs> expressions because he doesn't like what's going on. Like, what else could you do that?
6: There was a slightly different tenor this year, I thought, than last year because it is a television network that is learning to face the reality that mobile platforms and digital platforms are not only just as important, but more important than television going forward. And that was a big emphasis of the meetings. And that's going to give us a little bit more attention than we have had in the past. Give Give us us that pop.
3: All right, we have so much to get to. And Wes, let's save it for the end of the show. A little update on the corpo jargon this year. Last year, if you remember, if you're a longtime listener, uh, we hear a lot of these corpo buzzwords uh, like above the treetops and uh, we'll open, open up the kimono. kimono. And we're fascinated by them, but most of the Shadow of the League figures hear them and say them so much that it doesn't even register. To us, we have Wes, who's our official. Uh, he, he's, he, he transcribes everyone, and we'll check in on what our new corpo jargon is for 2019. And let's also, we'll share some thoughts, maybe, some uh, bullet point takeaways at the end of the show. Uh, but before that, let's get going with two really great interviews uh first up uh she covers the cowboys for nfl network she is jane slater so let's go now and we did this by the way this was very i'm gonna say it was classy it was it was a little bit exotic it was bit of a, a throwback
5: bit, to a don draper-esque time right, i believe maybe
3: like a rat pack scenario we went to the old fairmont pool sat on the chairs ricky hollywood thank you for setting it up for us
2: you're welcome. I
0: got some nice time by the pool waiting for you guys. It was great.
3: Yeah, Reading your book. And and so the, this is what we call Poolside Chat, starting, yes, with Jane Slater.
2: Poolside.
3: All right, here we are. Poolside Chat at the Fairmont Hotel bungalow here in Santa Monica. The sun's out, and it's even sunnier because Jane Slater... Is joining us for the first time on yes. the Around the NFL podcast. This Welcome, is my Jane. First
1: time, boys.
5: Wow, Jane, I mean, What? What? What can be said that's about on Jane. us? I think that this should have well, happened yeah. probably two or three years ago.
1: But. We've
4: decided like there's enough Cowboys content on our network, so it kind of hurt you here that we, <laughs> you know, was like, all right, we don't really need any more. But you're more than just the Cowboys.
1: Dude. Like I kind of fangirl you guys a little bit after the owners meetings. I mean, I just, I, I literally became a fangirl. Did it come across? I've I, I feel like I'm blushing Why do you think you're now, on the show talking right about now? It. <laughs> yeah, that this pays is,
3: off. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. Jane, of course, a reporter for NFL Network and do a lot of Cowboys and Saints stuff. That, that's your two main beats. Is that fair to say?
1: Say it's ninety nine percent Cowboys, one percent Saints. If I'm lucky. Mm, yeah.
7: Yeah. Golden and
1: handcuffs is what I call the team. What do you buy? But you love it. It's a You're- great beat. It's this glamour beat. It's Dallas. The storylines write themselves. But I can't get out of there to save my life.
4: But you grew up a cow. You grew up in the Dallas area. You grew up a, a Cowboys fan or no?
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to the parade in the nineties. <laughs> Everybody wore starter jackets in middle school. And we have more
3: questions about Jane Slater's uh, life in Dallas in the North Texas area. We're going to get to that. Uh, <laughs> but why don't we? Why don't we start with with the Cowboys? And let me jump in with the first question, boys. And I'll start here. That's how this works. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna throw out a bit of a, a conspiracy theory for you, Jane, as someone who's I love very plugged conspiracy in. Conspiracy theories, Greg. By the way, now cozing up beside Jane oh, in one of the lounge she's, chairs. She's I like lounging it. on these chairs. You know, we. I by the way, we just we just went through a workplace behavior meeting, Greg. I. We have
4: a lot of personal space between us. There's it's a lot of personal good. space.
3: All right. Anyway, um, Jason Witten. Here's my conspiracy theory. You tell me if it's off base or inappropriate, or leave the pool if it gets bad. I'm curious what his role is in the offense. And here's the theory. This is an all time cowboy, one of the franchise's shining sons. And my theory is that Big D did a big favor for Mr. Witten, who was, let's be fair, not doing well in his broadcasting role. And here comes Jerry to save the day. Hey, We'll get you out of that situation. You could leave, bow out gracefully, come here, work with the kids, Work, come for the summer camps, training camp, and then we could have a nice little retirement on the eve of week one. And he'll never play another snap for the Cowboys, and this has all been a nice situation helping out one of the great players. Hmm.
1: Well, before I, I dive into think? that, I mean, pink pony was such an amazing name for the conspiracy theory. What are we calling this theory? Wow! I would
5: workshop it. You don't have to come up with it now. You've got time to, you know, okay. put it out there and brand it. Silver right. pony, but she's
4: showing the bona fides right now as a listener. So
7: <laughs> I appreciate
1: that. So here's what I'll say: it's it's not a bad theory, and it's one I too thought about, but. I, I was there. Scott Hansen, of course, comes to Dallas. He doesn't want to go do drinks on the patio. He wants me to take him to the star in Frisco for a tour of the facility on my day off. So, mm. of course, I did that. That
3: guy knows how to party.
1: I'm, right? So, <laughs> this was right <laughs> after uh, Combine when we found out that Witten's coming back. And I kid you not, Jason Witten was up there like a little kid at school with his, his books ready to get back to work. And when you talk to him, there's this intensity, but there's also this humility. You know, he lost his locker. Zach Martin has it now. He oh. says he doesn't have his parking spot anymore. And when I see him in practice, he's out there barking the way that he did when he played. They say that they're going to take him off the field and let Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz and those guys play. He's going to make it difficult on them. He's come back completely in shape. And so I know everyone says that about training camp. But shaved head. Right. Shaved head. We can unpack that here that in a was little nice bit. As well. nice uh, It showed him that he's a warrior. You know, I think he was looking too clean cut. With the hair, so I think he needed that to be warrior esque when he came back.
3: Yeah, it didn't look right. But
1: I've been watching practice, and we're not allowed to talk anymore about certain things that we see. We got a little note Mm
3: -hmm. from the
1: PR department. But how they're using him is different right now. Mm. I'll just leave you with that. Well, he's
4: also making a lot less money, so I don't know if that's humbling. But he's an athlete who got that experience of what am i going to do for the rest of my life that can give me even a fraction of the satisfaction that playing football did and he didn't like it i don't even even if you was getting better reviews in monday night football and was like a little more comfortable you're never going to replace that juice so it's sort of so, like someone that had a near death experience that's coming back and they're enjoying the life that they had. Oh, I it think has he to feel kn- great. I mean, he knows, even if this it. is his only year playing football again, like, he's probably never going to do anything for the rest of his life that gives him that level of, like, satisfaction. And so, to his credit, he's going to enjoy the crap out of it. But I don't really buy that he's going to be any faster than he was two years ago when he couldn't move. So he's, he'll help them and be a blocking tight end. It's hard to imagine we'll him being a big that. difference maker. But, you know,
1: I did ask him that. I said, and it wasn't disrespect any of our analysts here, but I'm like, they've got a pretty cush job. You know, you get six months out of the year like you're really they really don't call on these guys to do a ton of stuff. You're making great money. He's just so good at putting in the work and seeing it translate. And I think he struggled. I didn't think the situation was right from an ESPN either. I mean, it was kind mm. of an, with Tessitore and Booger and uh, Lisa. It just felt like there were so many voices and the way they disconnected. Oh, them. they don't get
4: off scot-free. He needed to right. warm up or two on the Fox like. D team with which is what Troy Aitman did I mean
1: Troy kind of like paid his dues the barbers they paid their dues so I think it wasn't the best situation for him but I truly believe he loved football missed it so much and he literally told me like there was there was still something in him that that he had unfinished business I mean if you talk to Des Bryant right now he'll tell you the exact same thing there is something about Dallas these guys like don't want to leave DeMarco didn't want to leave. Well, it's it's a Demarcus different, Ware didn't want to leave. It's a You're different a team
6: than everywhere else. We cover them differently. The country thinks about them differently. They're the glamour team. Like if there's a reality show outside of Hard Knocks, it would always be the Cowboys. Hundred percent, all or nothing. Told, it was a great
1: yeah. series on Amazon Prime.
3: How could you ever go cover like the Jaguars or something after this? I mean, everything with the Cowboys <laughs> is top flight, including, I imagine, the reporter experience.
1: It's different. Even when I go to New Orleans, I mean, it's such a smaller market. I mean, I haven't even been to New Orleans at all this offseason. season for OTAs, what you name it. And I'm they've made some good moves um, in New yeah. Orleans, but I haven't been there to talk about it. The Cowboys I've said have been actually really quiet and seemingly as functional as they've ever been. And the sense there's no drama Queens. They've actually, I think they've loaded up quietly with some talent and free agency. Randall Cobb. I don't talk enough about what we've seen from him. And then the, uh, the, cor- the running back they just got from Memphis, the fourth rounder. Tony, why am I drawing a blank right uh, now?
6: It's not Snell. No. Tony Snell? No.
1: Uh, we'll
5: be t- learning more about him soon. Yeah.
1: But, I, yeah, I, I literally, like, they are functional, and I think they're actually going to be competitive this year.
7: So Let me do you do you ask you about right right right
1: The way that he has so easily just acclimated that locker room. Like, he you feel like he wanted to be in Dallas. And when he told us a story that he went up to Dak Prescott at NFL Honors and said, come and get me if you get the chance, it was a sense that he wants to be there. And because, I guess because he played quarterback too at Kentucky, Dak was telling us that he's even sort of – he speaks Dak's language and they're communicating kind of the way Amari Cooper does. So that's what – those are the signs that tell me that they're actually functional finally.
5: There is a thread that connects the Cowboys and the Saints and has for years – Overtly, but also through Whisper Channels, and that's Sean Payton. Here
1: we go, conspiracy I, I just want
5: to ask your opinion because you're closer to these two teams than anyone else at our network. Let's say we all live to be 90-something year olds, years old. Will there be a time where Sean Payton is the head coach of the Cowboys, in your opinion? I don't Full care side. when. I wouldn't happen? be shocked. Conspiracy. I
1: think it's something that's always been in the, the back of his head. He's got a great relationship with Stephen Jones and Jerry. Um, they they went wouldn't out and have g- had Tony Romo without him. Right, 100%. That's a great story when he tells it on the plane about when Jerry came over and asked him about Tony Romo. And, I mean, he literally turned him into the heir apparent. Mm. Um, But I think he's going to want a little bit more of a – I think it's going to be kind of like Bill Parcells. It's going to be his last stop. I think if Sean doesn't sign a lifetime deal in New Orleans, I think you could see him going to a team that he feels the challenge of flipping over. Certain guys like that, they need that. I mean, that's what Belichick did. I mean, just look at Belichick, Gruden, and Parcells moves, and then you can sort of dictate the life plan, the life map for Sean Payton, in my opinion, based on some of our discussions. Look, he
4: was putting it out there, Sean Payton, through reporters, that there could have been a time that he could have moved a couple of years ago. But that was before they had two... Great seasons, and that the Saints gave him like all the money in the world. I don't it's think great leverage Benson for contract time. By the way, let, let me it let, let me paint I a picture here. We well. are
5: sitting poolside, four of us being scorched by the sun, and a staff worker came over to open a massive umbrella that covers only Greg's visage. <laughs> well,
4: Eric, I don't asked, know what Eric asked if is we wanted I mean, it. I mean, like, what, feels, why would we say? Why would I say? Feels no? a
1: little on the nose.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
3: <laughs> the lounge is also beautiful. Greg.
1: Stop. Leg, I feel like you guys should actually move. This summer, you guys should do a summer series and do Poolside Chats. You get it sponsored. I love it. And you guys could probably get some free rooms and free drinks here. I like I mean, I'm just saying. I like some
3: company or something. Yes. You know, like.
1: I don't think you guys are thinking. I think you're too myopic about the way you do your podcast. <laughs> you are not poolside wrong.
3: Poolside Conspiracies will be the new name of Yeah. Their- Let yeah. me ask you this. Let's stick with the Cowboys because you said 99% of your gig is there at the Star Power Structure with the Cowboys. All right. Jarrah, turning 77 in October.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: What what is the situation there now? Like what and do you sense a changing of the guard over the last yes. couple of years? And, and when how, I used to do a, how much
1: when I used to do a sports talk show in Dallas, I would sort of reference some of those things I was seeing and, and Jerry does not like any uh he doesn't like anyone alluding to the fact that he's not in control anymore. But hmm. to me, when they said goodbye to Des Bryant, that was Stephen Jones handprint mm. all over it and I've covered Dez. You guys know I have a great relationship with Dez. It needed to be done because it got them Amari Cooper ultimately. It cleared up some cap space. And the locker room just – the focus was really kind of on the game plan. And he was part of that last group, Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray, you name it. So it was a tough decision to make. But it had Steven Jones all over it. And I think when we talk about this functional – it's not a slap in Jerry Jones's face – but I think Steven sort of moving this team forward, making those difficult decisions, I mean, he would get so emotionally attached to some of these players. Right. Mm. And that's what was getting them in trouble because they were backloading the money, killing them in the cap space, and then these guys weren't able to, to play. And I don't believe Wit would be back if Wit didn't come back on the deal. He came back. Same with Sean Lee. Well,
6: right. they seem to be more rational and less um, emotional about their decision making. And I think when I look at the last sort of like 12 months of what this team has done, I love the way they're building And you look at the offseason, they bring Travis Frederick back, and things look like they're going pretty well there. They bolstered their defensive line a little bit. Is there any reason to believe this team will not be better than they were last year when they closed out the season as one of the best teams in the NFL?
1: I'd be absolutely shocked for the reasons that you have just mentioned. The problem that they had, I felt like for the longest time, was because they were playing all these aging veterans, they weren't able to really develop depth behind these guys.
3: Progress stoppers.
1: Yeah, and so now they've they've got depth all across that offensive line. I mean, Joe Looney was... A hell of a center last year, and now you've got him as a backup to Travis Frederick. You got Connor McGovern and Connor Williams that are flex players on the offensive line, and then the one area they really need to beef up, though, in my opinion, is still the cornerback position. I mean, is the safety position still something they can? They've been struggling with a
4: little bit. All right, let's. let's oh, uh, Eric, uh, I? am not so demanding that, that you uh, <laughs> to do that, Eric. That feels. <laughs> what about this conspiracy theory, though? <laughs> Here's a reason why to believe that they won't be as good because they're never as good as they were the year before. Whenever they've had a good season. And what I, does that have
6: to do with this year? My
4: theory
1: there's is there's been no back-to-back NFC. My theory NFC is champion. that East East in Dallas, well. yeah.
4: the fans and the team, and Jerry and the ownership, and even maybe Jason Garrett, who's on the last year, they they seem to really like be pleased with themselves and think that they're going to start at the point that they left uh, the season before. If you had told me that the 2008 Cowboys or was it the 2009 coming off that season where they were the one seed would have not made the playoffs would have been a disappointment. Like I would have never believed that that team was as loaded as ever. But it's almost like in Dallas, they're as you said, no one wants to leave because they're treated like such demigods.
1: They, it's and so in, true. In the
4: NFL where there's such small margins that I I don't know what it is, but that it's been impossible. They literally haven't done it to repeat two years of success back to back. It's in true. Like 15 I think 15 years.
1: years. Uh, they sell optimism well in Dallas and. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid just based on what I've seen at practice so far and having covered them when they were so incredibly dysfunctional for so many years. I mean, think about it. Jason Garrett's got got to be more hungry and motivated than he's ever been because he's playing on his last year of his contract. Dak wants that contract, needs to validate it. Ezekiel Elliott got his fifth year option, but they're going to... I'd be shocked if that deal gets done this summer. Hmm. You've got Amari Cooper that's coming up on a deal. And so I just feel like the timing feels right. The only thing that's if I'm, if I'm a fan and I'm concerned, I'm looking at their schedule, that six-game stretch starting in late November through December, that's a bear. I think they're going to have a hard time with that and the fact they have no back-to-back home games this year.
3: All right. Finally, Jane, and all great info, you can follow Jane at Slater NFL. You can also follow her on the Gram. What is your Gram
1: handle? at Jane Ashley Slater. Right. It's quite
5: an experience, by the way. And this is... Yachts,
1: cowboy hats. So let's... I get so many questions about my grand. Let's dig like, into it. Just... Well, you're
6: living a pretty fun life. But Tell us more.
3: I
1: always just more. feel like it's just my friends watching and I always forget that it's like coaches, GMs, agents, bosses. have <laughs> sure had some
3: conversations <laughs> 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 internally. Tell us more about the... There's been the, some
1: discussion. <laughs>
3: the Dallas Arlington Debutante Society that you inhabit.
1: <laughs> Arlington is not this part is, of the Debutante this Society. Is what I see. But... This is what
3: I see. Boats, bikinis... Beer, buddies, just a good life. And you're a part of it. You know, and you're flying high. I'm
1: going to dig in a little deep for you guys. Yeah, A lot of people don't know this, Bullseye. but I was, I was married yes. when I was 26, divorced at 27. Mm. I Wowzer. had five Sticking jobs to, to pay the bills as recently as six years ago. So now I feel like I'm in the sweet spot in my life. I don't need a man to financially support me. Uh-uh. I love my job. And so I truly like <laughs> adopt, live, breathe preach the YOLO lifestyle and it, it rubs some people the wrong way. Some it rubs people the wrong way. But I'm like, I wake up every morning and when I put my feet on the ground, I'm genuinely excited that I got a bonus day. Like I believe Another that big bonus. I could literally talk about that with you guys, but it's so funny. It's like, they're always like, you're living your best life. You're flexing on the ground. I'm like, no, I'm just, I hope I inspire you all. To go oh, out there like and this. live your best life.
6: Well, we have talked about this at the owner's meetings. We had a conversation about it. you have lived a pretty colorful life in the past. Oh, yeah. And you kind of like I'm I'm in all of like your ambition. Like you at one point you wanted to sell real estate on the side and you're I taking up golf lessons book, all yeah. the time. You're, I just want to
1: better myself. Yeah, you're always You trying get to do this. Comp- you, you understand this more than anyone. Oh, I've
6: never been quite the accomplisher. I will say for the sake of, of, for (laughs) the sake of
5: transparency, uh, occasionally on the show we ban what we consider to be uh, in our world phrases that we are we're through with and I around six or seven months ago banned uh, hashtag YOLO but I'm I do I also have the power to lift the ban, And okay. for you because the way that it seems like a consistent drum beat that's not a, a flash in the pan type scenario, it is lifted. YOLO is lifted for that's, you. Or that's or a one time re- example. Or we could yeah. rebrand
1: yeah. Like my lifestyle.
4: You could do that. Like, I, I don't think do. you need I, to right. yeah. I think <laughs> what you what you've said here is great because I think if you don't know you or if you're just kind of crabby about social media people see that and they think okay that's that's self-promotion or that's such haters there's some real haters out there life but what you're saying is you and i think all of us can speak to this on on some level is we're reaching a part in our lives we're either approaching we're approaching 40 like dan or or we're over it and we have a job that we love and we have a life that we love so why not and be honest about it. And Live not your pretend, best life. I wouldn't say some, I'm approaching some other 40, people. So. I mean, you're like a you're you are. zooming towards You're you zooming down the barrel of age 40. So enjoy it because nothing's guaranteed. If you're not going to enjoy it now, it, it's, who knows? It's I over. flew
1: out here on Sunday. I was supposed to leave today. I reached out to a couple of my friends. I'm going to YOLO until Sunday. I'm just Love staying it. out here. I'm going to
5: couch Maybe don't have Malibu. small children in the next 6 to 12 months. Either that will, that will also help with the lifestyle.
7: Just throw yeah, out. I have
1: no emotional attachments to animals or others. So, yeah, wow. it, it Feel you on way. that front. You would have a hard time, Sessler, my <laughs> gypsy lifestyle right now. I don't think I would. I mean,
3: no, I would no, with my, my current mark arrangement. Mark but not current in, not arrangement in the would mark be prohibitive. lying in bed with his eyes open tonight, staring at the ceiling, thinking about how he could have your life right now.
1: Although, Ricky Williams, when I worked at Longhorn Network. He he had a similar gypsy, but he would tell his girlfriend or his significant other time, I'm just going to Italy for a month. And he did it. That won't work I sort It's of a bit of a free spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: all right. We got to go. We got to get back to the seminar. Why?
1: I'm so enjoying it. I know. This. We're having a
3: great time. We'll have to do this again because, uh, Jane, you're awesome. You you match the sensibility. We don't get to live the life you live, but we I want to encourage you to. I hope that if yes. we've
1: walked away from anything, this conversation – I hope that in six months we're talking about your yodeled summer. Good. I just got to get that. I think it starts in the next five days
4: while Jane is still around in town. We just give up all of our responsibilities. Uh, College. Ask Sorry, Tiffany. Kids, Tiffany,
1: not going to I swim think Tiffany's class yellowing today. a little bit more in uh, life. I think I've encouraged Jane. her to Co-sign do that. Yes, yeah, she's been yellowing a, a lot.
3: A positive impact on her. You've taken her under your wing. All the haters. She's you flying, know,
1: though. That little bird is flying these days
3: <laughs> for us. All the haters. Don't give Jane any, a hard time. That includes inside her own building. We're going to deal with some of them right after this. <laughs> Jane Slater, NFL Network follower. She's the best. Thanks, Love Jane. You guys. Thanks, Jane. Bullseye.
2: side.
3: All right, that was awesome. Jane Slater, thank you again, Jane. We have to have Jane on again because she has, and I imagine our listeners are going to embrace Jane, she has a certain je ne sais quoi that connects with us and the audience. Wow, you almost nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how, what is it? Je ne sais quoi. Ah, no, I think I had it. Mark, what about her, uh, Jane, bravely living her best life on Instagram? And I was surprised she said it was something she's trying to teach. She's trying to impart that on people. One day, do you believe you will be in that position?
5: Well, I hope to be. I mean, she certainly, um, you know, you spend a little bit of time with her. I think number one, and she's got self-awareness. She has the ability to change your opinion about her social media uh, footprint, to use a corpo word. It certainly changed my mind. When I didn't know her. I thought, this seems like a yacht-riding, uh, leisure-seeking individual that occasionally <laughs> checks in for work. But when you hang with her for a little bit... She truly is embracing this lifestyle, and it gives me hope that maybe someday I will be riding boats and uh, living the way that she does in such a high lifestyle. I hope to seek that same thing. You know, when our dream out loud, brother, when
6: our grandparents were her age, the idea of work hard, play hard, was almost strictly reserved for men. And a person like Jane is a work hard, play hard person.
4: Mm. And she, she also is a fan of the show. She says that she's a listener. And frankly, she's um, that's all we really need. Or at least I'm speaking for myself. That's, you know, we're, we're going to be fans of Ricky, you. Ricky, do, do you aspire to have an Instagram on that level?
2: Uh, I'm getting there. Mine's pretty good.
4: I mean, it's fine. I think Erica believes that she's was, already reached. That the was the political level, so. answer. I feel like the real Ricky answer is you're like, mine is better.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I live, you know, I live hard.
4: All right, everyone, uh, all the listeners, check out
3: both accounts and get back to Erica uh, on Twitter at Ricky Hollywood, who has the better Graham account, Slater v. Tamposi. I'm excited about that. All right. Let's now spin forward about 90 minutes later. The sun was out now. It was really starting to heat up. Uh I'm just talking about the conversation guys. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Kill me. Going our on. listener's going to see Dan's eyes locking into mine during the
3: poolside that. chat with Peter Schrager.
2: Poolside.
3: All right, here we are back at the pool, time for more poolside chats. And we got another great guest, very excited to have him. You know, senior national writer for FoxSports.com. Good morning, football co-host. Also the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Out of the Blue, with a Victor Cruz story, which Kirkus Reviews called a, quote, above-average sports autobiography. It's Peter (laughs) Schrager! Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. This is
8: great, guys. I love it. The scene here outside the pool is something.
4: Well, yeah, we've we've had some families join us uh, since Jane's interview, some other uh, alcohol is being drunk out here. It's pretty great. but that, Ricky, that's we got good... some blues? All right, Eric. <laughs> so into... sure. Who has more jobs than, than Peter? I mean, you didn't even mention. It's like Sideline Reporter, Good Morning Football. I just it's want all this like Twitter bio. I guess are
8: Yeah, no, it's it. Things are, things are good. It's the offseason, and to be with you guys here poolside with all of us wearing shirts and ties while everyone else is barely dressed is fantastic. <laughs> when we, have you...
3: so, we have so much to get to. Um, Peter, of course, yeah, I mentioned Good Morning Football, who we view kind of as our, our cool cousin yeah. that lives in Manhattan. Uh, the Our podcast, there's there's some DNA, so we're happy to, whenever we could have somebody on from that show, it's great.
5: Speaking of, I mean, I yeah, I feel like we, we started the form, format of having sort of four people – with good chemistry featured on both NFL Network and under the NFL Shield. You guys came along uh, second and have excellent chemistry. You hear that a lot. Let's say there were to be sort of a Royal Rumble situation. The four of us... Versus the four of you, mm-hmm. I want you to put your analyst hat on, not your, not the one you're part of that Check foursome again. Right, yeah. we're like from an analyst angle. Who wins that fight? You've got some strengths, you got some weaknesses. So do we.
8: Here's what you guys have that we don't have at the moment. You have this incredible international fan base that I feel like would be doing all sorts of things on the back end. Hooligans. That we would be hooligans. Yeah, we would not be ready for this. I feel Love like it would be hooligans. turnbuckle action from your fans in Iceland. <laughs> all of this stuff. Right now, we're very limited to the 32 fan bases and. And you know the people who get the cable mm. services that have the NFL Network and watching our show. But you guys, it's you guys a universal. And Cessler, I'm not screwing with you, bro. <laughs> <There's>
4: four, <laughs> four on four, though. Four on four. You guys have a little more size. Yeah. A little more size with Nate. And, not across the board, but and. Yeah. Uh, and Kyle. Kyle's in good shape. Kyle, you know, just yeah. overall, overall, I'm saying.
3: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's fair. I, I think it w- I, I could would be good But I
8: would say this. I've been listening to your podcast for years, and I think there is a place in sports, whether it be us talking or when I listen to like Simmons and Ryan Rosilio talking, like, it's okay to just talk sports and not have a structured format and rundown of here are a hundred things we have to hit, click, 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 click. And if someone wants to interject and give another comment, it's okay to go a minute longer and hit that topic and get off tangent, which I think is kind of breaking the mold of what the traditional sports – television show is. As Mm -hmm. Joe
3: Beningo says, from your lips to God's ears. Exactly right. All right, let's get into it, because Peter is really plugged in in the NFL, um, and we want to hit on a bunch of topics. Uh, We're going to go right down a list, very structured. Yeah, just like I just... Yeah, yeah. real (laughs) quick. No time for any real messing around. But no, I want to (laughs) start... Let's go with the top of the top right now, okay? because I know you talk about Patrick Mahomes on Good Morning Football a lot, how much... You were kind of ahead of the train a little bit yeah. about how good uh, he would be, uh, and certainly he was last year as the MVP. A couple of weeks ago on the show, we did a segment called Come Down Players of the Year. Okay, I threw out Mahomes as my come down player of the year in the sense that I drew a parallel to 84 Marino mm-hmm. season. After that, Marino was still an all-pro and an elite at the position, but 84 was just special, and that's kind of how I predict the Mahomes season will go, but you don't necessarily agree with that. No. Yeah.
8: Uh, I'm doubling down on Mahomes, I think, and everyone's like, well statistically no, I think no, I think statistically he could be as good if not better this year. He has a full off season with Andy. And here's the thing. everyone's gonna point to Tyreek Hill might not be on the field and they lost Chris Connolly and Hunt. It is so rare from one of these offenses that puts up these historic numbers, which they did to also not have the entire brain trust of the offensive coaching staff, taken from them. So unlike the Eagles a year ago where DiFilippo goes and Frank Wright goes and now we're dealing with new coaches. In this case, Eric Bieniemy is back. Kafka is back. The head coach is back. And I'm telling you, I talked to guys in Kansas City and they're like, bro, you have no idea what he's about to do to the league mm. this year, which gets wow. me so excited because if the standard is 50 touchdowns and no look passes and MVP and offensive player of the year, What's that mean? It could be even better. I don't know what that is.
4: Well, that I think that's a great point because Mahomes – is, was so far ahead of almost anything that we've seen for a first year starter it's almost it's almost like underrated like people are like wow imagine what Baker mayfield could do this year in his second year it's like they're basically the same age and Mahomes came into the league as the best player in the league and some of the things that he did we've just like never seen before so like why couldn't he get better we would expect pretty much any other starter going into his second year as a starter to get better he more than any quarterback at least that, I think we've that I've ever seen since we've been covering it. He like breaks every rule or every boundary that seems absolutely. Possible. And
8: here's the other part: he played baseball most of his high school. Like he's still getting full off seasons of learning how to play football, which is insane. But you're right; we do the stuff on our show, and it's June and July and May where we're trying to make up any sort of content. And one of the conversations was which which third year quarterback will have the best season: Trubisky, Watson, or Mahomes. And I was like, downright insulted. How we could even put <laughs> Watson and Trubisky oh, yeah. in the same conversation as Mahomes, who might end up being the best quarterback we've ever seen mm. the way he plays. So it's like he was that good in year two, and I think Marino's the only comparison. When it co- Roethlisberger was great on a team. They won the Super Bowl, all that. We've seen that happen with Russell Wilson. But no one individually has been as good as that dude was last year.
6: I've never seen a precedent, or at least I can't think of any going through any quarterback ever, where they came in, and early in their career, they – either shattered or threatened all-time passing records, had a singular NFL season, and then was able to repeat it the next year.
8: Yeah, I, I know, and that's the thing. I think he could be even better. Ba- and I don't want to – because I don't know what I – I don't know. But from what I'm hearing, there's an assumption in Kansas City that at least for the majority of the season, number 10 Tyreek Hill will be there. So we've heard that leaked out of little places where they're saying, oh, well the- – they're going, whereas everyone else is under the assumption it's going to have to be Sammy the, Watkins. The team
4: and, thinks that there's some team like teammates in or the that, team. Or no, whatever.
8: it's more just the feeling around the league is that we're that the. Okay, now look, the NFL can come out and say, just like with Ezekiel Elliott, like here's six games, whatever it is. But this thought that you know Tyreek's suspend is a definite. From what I'm hearing, there's no definite. In, Either way yet. So 50-50 is a fair bet that he'll be on the field or not, I think, at this point, And that's fine. But there is also that 50% that he might be on the field. And well, if that's the, Chiefs, the case, that's a totally different story.
3: The Chiefs have obviously left the door open. And that's that's something uh, that we, we've been talking about on the show for a few weeks now. That it's just kind of been something that's been hanging out there. And at some point, we're going to get some type of resolution. Uh, but there's no reason to think that Tyreek Hill won't be on the team at some point. Uh, let's pivot here because... You were all in, like I said, on Mahomes before Mahomes threw fifty touchdowns and threw for five thousand yards, took the league by storm, transformed the Chiefs into a Super Bowl contender. There's this guy that just got picked number one by the Cardinals. Arizona rolled the dice in bit, you know, in a ballsy way. You don't want to give him too much credit because they drafted a quarterback number ten and then bailed on it. But it's ballsy in the sense that if this guy is as good as they think he is, they transform their franchise. You're feeling bullish on Kyler Murray making making a huge impact, a Mahomesian impact.
8: No, not the stats okay. wise, but I think the first six weeks of the Arizona Cardinals schedule, Mahomes is. Gonna, I mean, Murray's going to do stuff that is going to blow our mind. And then there's going to be a book on him, and then there's going to be potential injuries. But out of the gate, I could see the Cardinals being four and two, five and one, just because Cliff and Kyler are aware of what they're about to do and the confidence in that building is that they have a leg up on something. And if it, just because there's no film on it and you're not going to see it in preseason or training camp, uh, they're about to do some stuff that the NFL hasn't seen before in a very much similar fashion to the way Griffin took the league by storm and in a w- bit of a way how Chip Kelly took the league by storm. We just and really
4: the way Andy Reid started the last two or three seasons. Even like, with Alex Smith, he was just kind of ahead of the game.
8: That's it. So maybe there's a catch-up to it. But um, Kyler's awesome. I think Kyler's got one of the best arms in the league. And to the same point I just made with Mahomes, Kyler Murray's a two-sport athlete. He's never played football in the spring in his life. Like, this is his first season ever learning an offense for an entire offseason. So they took us – and I was not overly critical of Josh Rosen throughout this pre-draft process, but everyone was treating Rosen like he was worthy of that same conversation. Here's what I would post to you guys. If Steve Kime doesn't trade up and takes Josh Rosen as the fourth quarterback and the tenth overall pick – and gives up a third rounder to get him. Is Josh Rosen a top 10 pick? Is Josh Rosen a top 15 pick? Is Josh Rosen a first round pick? We only think of him as a top 10 pick because of the team went up and got him. But we're not so certain. I don't think Miami was taking him So you're saying
6: he could have been... We don't know. He could
8: have been Brady Quinn or... Hey, he could have gone in the second round and then there wouldn't have been this whole hubbub about this. It could have been just like when the he Panthers... could have been wearing
3: the Geno Smith sweater on sure. day two. or
8: Jimmy Clausen, and they took Cam first Jimmy overall Clawson, yeah. the next year because they're like, all right, but this thought that, you know, Josh Rosen, top-ten quarterback, it's true, he is a top-ten quarterback, but the team that drafted another quarterback was also the team that traded up to get him in the top. ten.
6: So we don't know because he was such a polarizing prospect. In some hmm. teams, it seemed like would not even do their homework on him, had no interest in him, and some teams were like, yeah, this guy's the most pro-ready quarterback. Obviously, we like him.
8: And then he was on the market, and again, I'm not trashing Josh Rosen. I'm rooting for Josh Rosen. I think he's actually a great character for the league. He actually speaks his mind. It's rare and it's nice. But he essentially was traded for Andy Isabella this year
4: mm. on the open yeah. market. Speaking of, like that is <laughs> that's sort of a concern I'd have with Murray, Murray is exciting because just – the combination of the arm and that level of running is—I don't know if who's come into the league quite like that because I think people watching their practices are just like Derek wow. Anderson, maybe is the you only know, thing he, I can think he of. He has a Baker Mayfield arm or better, but but the with the running. Uh, but there was some talk here from reporters that have been at Cardinals practice that. There's big time concerns with Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler. Yeah. It's like counting on rookie wide receivers, especially one from UMass and one that fell to the fourth round that it hasn't taken long, even at off season practices to be like, Oh, maybe, maybe like these guys aren't going to be ready. Even if Kyler Murray's ready, they might not be ready. Okay. We're talking
6: about a team that had one of the worst offensive lines, one of the worst wide receiver cores, one of the worst tight end rooms in the NFL
8: last year. I know. And, I think he can cover it all up. I think he's... like, like mm. I honestly so think... So he's deodorant. Yeah. I think he's going to be a sensation this year. And I want you to enjoy it. I want you, you guys, guys to do enjoy do that it. stuff I feel like... on
3: Good Morning Football, like coming up with nicknames. Maybe he could be Rite Aid oh, that's or good. Spice. Was Young, Spice? I, Young Spice. I don't know. Young Spice. <laughs> Spice. Young Spice works. That. That's good. Young
5: one, Spice. One, one, to me. It's fine. One very yeah. quick question for you, and you can keep it to one word. When you look around <laughs> the circle here at the four of us, which one do you respect the most? Um...
4: It's a big question, Greg. Whoa, there's only one
5: That's, right answer. That, it's that is absolutely. I would not have asked that question had I knew you were going to go in that direction. That doesn't help my <laughs> means or my angling at all.
3: Actually, now that you answered it that way, Peter, <laughs> we're going to have to dig in hard on the next topic. We scrub that, Erica. May 21st, there's a there's a story that runs in the New York Daily News. Uh, here's the headline: Jets have discussed TV personality Peter Schrager in general manager search. Colon sources. Now, this I imagine was a completely weird slash uncomfortable situation for you because all of a sudden you're a big part of the headlines uh manisha meta who wrote that piece wrote that you would be contacted for assistance on prospective candidates as the jets look to replace mike mccagnon do you want to uh use this forum poolside chats to clear the air on that whole saga because you were kind of the center of the new york media storm for a little bit there
8: Thank you, uh, Dan, for that opportunity. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so the truth of the matter is I've known the owner, Christopher Johnson. In any way, I would know some of the other owners um, that I've gotten to speak with at the owners' meetings, combines, and I could name those names. I don't have to name those names at all, but uh, this part of the story that came out was that I attended Christopher's wedding last year. That is true. Sure, that was fancy. Uh, it was fancy. It was a great wedding. I wasn't I was going to say Tuxedos. no. Tuxedos? Uh, Open no, bar? No, but here's the clarification on that situation. Uh, I'd met Chris Johnson a few months earlier. We hit it off. Uh, and when I say hit it off, it was he watches Good Morning Football on the treadmill in the morning, and he was nice, and we exchanged information, whatever. F- fast forward a couple months later, he texts me and says, Hey, I got married a couple weeks ago, but we're doing a little celebration in New York. It's at this hotel if you want to pop by. Come on by. Oh, bring damn. your wife. You're welcome to. We went. We attended. And we were probably there for 60 minutes' time. Saw him and his wife. Said hello. Introduced myself. And we moved right along.
3: Little high society pop-in.
8: Hey, I've seen Gossip Girl. <laughs> I wanted to be a part of it. That was it. This was my moment. Um, when you hear that I'm at the wedding, you're picturing me being the ring bearer. Or I'm walking down the aisle. Best man. The little best pillow. Man. So like, it, it's hard for me to deny it. I was at the wedding, but it wasn't really the wedding. It was after but Whatever. Fine. So uh long story short we keep in touch whatever it's fine um they reached out to me saying hey we might add uh another person to the preseason broadcast booth i did the rams last year with nate burleson and andrew ciciliano they're like if you know if you don't want to do the rams we'd be interested but let's you know keep those doors open fine talk to a lot of people around the league about a lot of things I can assure you that I have not been reached out or was not reached out about the Jets general manager position. Mm. I could also say that Manisha's report is not necessarily inaccurate because the report was that they might reach out to me.
3: Not that they did. Not
8: that they did or not that it was for the GM position about my thoughts. And I'll tell you straight up on our show for three hours a day, I talk about, hey, Joe Douglas would be a potential good GM or, you know. Ed Dodds in Indianapolis is really well-respected. He might be a guy to look for. Or Terry McDonough in Arizona is a guy. So it wasn't what what was crazy, though. And this is where, again, nothing against the Manish report, because he just put it out there, and then it was... No, let's lingering. slam him right yeah, now. No, actually, it, it was probably accurate. If they were considering me, it's okay. because I do you know, know guys in that building. Um, they didn't reach out to me, but the reaction was so vitriolic, so... Uh, I guess the word is the circus dysfunction that they
4: would think about talking to a, the fans. You mean by the fans? By the in New fans? York?
8: By the local New York sports media? By the sports radio? That the national media too? National media? Yeah.
4: The Jets must be
8: completely, completely out of their minds to ask someone who's on television talking about football about who they might. Want. And I'm here to say, I don't think if they were to reach out to Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter or or even you guys who treat this stuff like it's life and death 24, seven hours a day, it wouldn't be crazy to get a collection of a lot of people's thoughts. No, here,
3: that. here is here is the lead of Manisha's article.
5: Especially the four of us. Yes.
2: Just
3: <laughs> when you thought things couldn't get stranger <laughs> on one Jets drive, we present the latest head scratcher in the wake of Mike McCagnin's ouster. That, and we talked about this on the pod. I'm a Jets fan. I yeah. don't know if you know that, Peter. But like. Um, that's rubbed me the wrong way that this rush to, to present them in, in, a terrible light when it's smart to reach out to a Peter Schrager, people that are plugged into the league sure. and I'm not kissing ass. I'm no, just saying guys I, like you, it's, it's not a bad idea. It doesn't make you dysfunctional or a And here's,
8: here's the other thing. In years past, they've used a consultancy firm. So say Corn Ferry is one of these big consultancy firms. You pay seven figures and they're going to bring you the same list of names that I will bring you or that Adam Schefter will bring right. you or that Jay Glazer will bring you or that you guys will bring. Like, here are the guys who are respected around the league that are probably next up for GM positions. Here's one in this city. Here's a minority candidate you probably haven't thought of or haven't heard of that it might be good. To, it So in light of doing what we've done in the past and hiring guys that haven't worked out, let's try different... Opinions for
5: free. When and often, it, what's innovative is laughed at out of the gate. And and you're someone that's talking to 32 different teams versus every day. A bunkered in person who's with one team. And sometimes those guys don't even know what's happening in the world around them. They're not, right. they're not even reading your the newspaper.
6: Franchise is valued at over a billion dollars. It would be ridiculous. And we point this out all the time to limit the scope of your due Wouldn't diligence. You and it does everyone? happen. It's like you how, would. How do you think your Adam Schefter is, and
4: Ian yeah. and Peter get that information? It's by sharing information. That was the thing where I'm annoyed by the way that article like starts because Manish knows that ultimately that like information is traded and it doesn't mean they're just okay we're going to do whatever Peter Schrager says they're going to hey maybe we have a specific question about one specific guy that you would know you kind of you wouldn't know the dirt because you talk inside that building they're not getting the real scoop of what's well, inside and but it Ed happens Dodds. all the time that's how the it reporting does. that's how the game works
8: let's give it Dodd some love no but and honestly like a couple years ago you know, I get to go and sideline work for Fox. I'm in the building every Friday, and I'm in it since 6 a.m. in the morning because I do good morning football from the building. So if I'm doing sidelines for a Panthers-Buccaneers game, I'm in Carolina at 6 a.m., and oftentimes Ron Rivera will say, hey, pop by my office, hey, do you know mm. Steve Wilks? He's our defensive backs coach. This guy's a stud. He's going to be a head coach in the NFL. You guys need to know each other because his work isn't recognized on a national level yet. Fast forward two years later, he's the Arizona Cardinals head coach. That's how that happens. It's not because
4: it, – I can imagine Peter just kind of like creeping around corners like like it's the defensive line. Like, hey, you guys dude, Who busy? are you? Who how are you? Does, <laughs> anyone worth
8: hiring?
6: How does something
4: like that not factor into your personal head coach
6: rankings when you see a coach who's that selfless? And once, like, Bruce Arians is known for this yes, kind of stuff. Like, support what, his, his. Doesn't yeah. that automatically make you think that that person's a better coach?
8: Yeah, and you see how they lead, and you see how they're selfless. And I think, you know, to McVeigh's credit, we talk about the the, the McVeigh tree and all this stuff. There was a good article from Michael Silver this week. And on the record, McVeigh is like, I think Matt LaFleur is one of the best. Like, you know, it's okay to give love to others, and you see how these guys lead and interact with each other. And you don't get that if you're not mm. in these buildings and get the opportunity to so I guess. But it's also the reporter's job to say is this guy just puffing well, sure, up his guy or is, of, is this guy you know, really whatever. promising? You know, I'll, yeah. I'll say this one more time on the Jets thing though because I, I do want to make this point as well. I think that the Buccaneers used him. And I'm not knocking the work. They do everything as far as checking the box and, and covering your ass and everything you ever need to know. If there's a thing in someone's past, I might not know it, but these guys—that's part of the consultancy process. That's why I use a search firm because they'll know that in 1998 this guy had an issue in high school, and you might want to be aware of it. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm or haven't had the. I'm not going to. If you don't, unless you paying me, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. They paid the the consultancy firm or the search firm, you know, close to probably seven figures or high six figures. And the answer for who they recommended to be head coach was Bruce Arians. Well, right. <laughs>
6: right. Which the guy at the bar still next to you could have done the same so thing. So, yeah. you know, it, to
8: the me it's – four podcast <laughs> To ask yeah. around and to ask other people, like, who they would suggest is not crazy when the gold ribbon panel, the ones that you're paying high six figures for, is suggesting a coach who's been in every organization and is 62 years old.
5: Well, now that we're sitting here with you, I mean, you are, you know – I love the assistant coaches. We love the, the, the guys that are rising up through the ranks in the front office. Can you, Is there someone that comes to your mind sort of over and over as the next sort of unearthed gem, yes. the Sean McVay from four yes. years ago? Yes,
8: he's on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm not pumping his tires because we don't have a personal relationship, but Robert Sala is the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. They haven't had the pieces, but this guy leads by example, and if you walk in that building, Kyle Shanahan is bona fide the guy. But that defense would run through a brick wall and would do anything for Salah. And around the league, he's been in Jacksonville, in Seattle. He is just viewed as one of these morally straight edge guy. We want to work, and next year he will be a name that everyone's talking about. Who has not had, has ever had an opportunity, you know, in the past. Nice one of the
6: things, um, Les Sneak, kind of said offhandedly. Yesterday, when we were talking to him, was did you guys address
8: to the audience that Les Sneed was here and the whole thing? Les Snead no, spoke yeah. at our <laughs> event. <laughs> yeah, have... give some context? <laughs>
6: he spoke. He was a uh... keynote speaker at this. <laughs> but he event. S- he
8: said kind of offhandedly,
6: "I'm not worried about Miami. They'll be fine. They got the right guy." You feel the same way about yeah, Brian
4: Flores? Yeah, yeah, and
8: I think there was a picture that their website put out, or maybe someone else sent. I don't even know if it's out there. It was like TNT. It's all over the building right now, and I think it stood for like team not talent or something like that like where it's it's one of those mantras that like, like, ooh, Love the mantras. like I'm in like I want a mantra Love them. but uh, the fact he didn't crown uh, Rose in his quarterback right away and I was like no he's going to earn it the fact that those young players are fired up and the fact that he brought with him a lot of that Patriots brain trust gonna be, um, he, they're going to be alright back to Houston and Jets real quick yes. why is no one in the media going nuts about the circus and dysfunction and all what Houston just did it was not treated in the same light as the Jets. And is it just a media market, or that hey, John McClain's the guy, and this is what he says, and the local beat reporter reported it this way? So locally,
4: we're actually, good. I think it is. It, they got savaged pretty hard in the Chronicle. Tom, savaged? no one, no one, no one cares <laughs> for whatever. No one cares nationally what Brian Smith of the Chronicle writes or what McC- McCain. I wow. think they, no, they've been pretty. Peter
3: is on the right track there, Greg.
4: I'm no, saying. saying locally. No, they. I think O'Brien's not that. O'Brien, and it might be because of the relationships he's built with national the reporters, and all that. Yeah. which is another story. Uh, I don't think he's as popular locally as he is nationally, which is strange. This is an
8: 11-5 and five team that won the division last year and had no first or second round picks and had no salary cap. And they, they fired the GM. Yes. <laughs> One year into a five-year deal, and not one person on our network or ESPN is going nuts like the Jets situation, where they said, "What are they doing?" Well, the Jets were five and eleven, six and ten, and six and ten the last three years. It hasn't what? it
5: been in the DNA over the last decade for, and, and unrightly, but it's New York team to savage the Jets left and right because yes. the Jets have been the Jets. It's, yes, it's not, is it fair? Yeah, I no, I agree with Dan's fury over it to some degree. It's just but institutional. It's just the way it is. That's just what it is. My it's answer. Fun. It's... From
3: an outside, if I wasn't a Jets fan, I'd probably enjoy it too because the, the Jets are one of those franchise franchises that people seem to enjoy to watch the the train go off the tracks and then it's a bit of a pile on the texans don't have that same situation
4: to be fair right. there there is one commonality among the jets of the last 20 years and it's the last name of the owner yeah and it hasn't changed
6: true well i think the answer to your question is, is because of how they're covered when somebody in the jets locker room sneezes it's news yeah. and nobody cares what the do. so that's, do. A,
8: that's fair
3: uh peter schrager you've said it all yeah you've done it you came you laid in the sun it's great you never even not even any flop sweat just no, shows how comfortable great. you are in this setting
8: you feel great spf a thousand right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow
3: like, peter at p schrags s-c-h-r-a-g-s this is a
8: little show within a show i feel like you guys should never be in a locked in a studio again you live in la oh, this is it it. should be outdoors poolside and everyone's a little cooler a little looser And if beverages were included, I wouldn't have complained. Get some
3: Speedos involved. Let's fly. (laughs) Let's get weird. The the people around us
4: might not agree. We're wrapping up, guys. Uh, Peter,
3: thank you so much. And, yes, watch Good Morning Football. Uh, Follow uh, Peter's reporting on television and on the Internet and all that good stuff. You're the man, Peter. Thank you.
8: Thanks, guys. Loved it. Thanks, Thanks, Peter. Peter. Poolside.
2: Poolside.
3: That was excellent, great insight from Peter, and you could tell Peter had wanted to get that jet stuff off his chest for a while, and I don't know if he had the ability to do that on Good Morning Football, but... The shadowy league figures maybe not aware that
5: you were the you perfect conduit for that to happen because I think you you are a Jets man with with an eye and Although on the He respects Greg the
3: most, and that we have to I, wrestle with that. I can't
5: believe that's going to make it into the show. If it did, I have no control over <laughs> My this favorite coverage. moment
3: of the the week. Um, all right, so there you go. That can't was wait great. to tell
5: Peter who I respect most on Good Morning Football.
3: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's now before we go. And by the way, last year and the year before. Um, Al Riveron, who is the head of officiating for the NFL, always the most fireworks is when Al takes the microphone and the Xbox controller and goes over the rule changes. And obviously, with the um, pass interference, uh, OPI and DPI now reviewable, um, that led to a pretty fiery series of exchanges with a lot of the former players, especially... Uh, we will get to that on, let's say, next week's show or, or, or uh, Monday show next week because uh, we want to devote a little bit more time and we don't want to run too long today. So Al Riveron's State of the Union at the NFL Media Summit will hit on Monday. But for now, to close out today's show, some general takeaways uh, from the Media Summit. We'll start with you, Chris Wesley.
6: Well, I, first of all, it's a room full of talented people. That's why they call it the Talent Summit. And I'm always blown away by how strong-minded and how talented and how ambitious the people in the room are. But I also I took so many notes that my pen ran out of ink. My, half my notebook is humble full. Brag. And the big <laughs> totally unique humble brag. No one has ever done that. Before. The big takeaway for me is there are two kinds of people in this room. The kind that make everything about themselves and every other human being on earth.
4: <laughs> mm. Mm. Greg what am I, am I one of those people? You are yeah. not one of the people okay, who makes yeah. it about <laughs> yourself. I wanted to hear. Uh, so what we're getting the corpo jug. Uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to save that. The last thing we do. <clears throat> I. Where do I go? I think Steve Smith being Steve Smith in every situation of his life is delightful, and we could maybe we'll talk about that. Talk about, a about with, with Riveron, but right. he was given Riveron as much uh, grief. It is it, not for the camera the Steve no. Smith stuff. And yeah, he's fun. He's a lot of times in sports we're like, oh, that guy's funny. Like. Steve Smith is legit funny, has great timing, has great comebacks right off the bat. Like I am such a fan. He
5: drops some bombs and it's the timing. He he the way he would suddenly unfurl an A bomb on the speaker ahead come of him at just him. no. Well, <laughs>
6: it's he's unique because I think we see a lot of athletes and he's only a couple years out of the game. When they're a couple years out of the game, they're reluctant to speak their minds, they're reluctant to be themselves and he seems like he's 100%
5: Steve Smith 89 all the time. Mark All right. Hang with me for one second, because one thing this has been, you know, the third or fourth time we've gone to this and a lot of the similar beats, um, which that would lead me to sometimes tune out a little bit when it's the same uh, stuff as last year. But it was about um, in my mind 12 hours ago that I was in a car up on Sunset Boulevard um, after leaving yesterday's event with uh, Brad Pitt, a young Gwyneth Paltrow and Leonardo DiCaprio. And we were uh, in a stolen police car, and then suddenly, about 14 seconds later, I was in a massive lake in a sprawling wilderness, the lake filled with milk, and I wanted to swim to shore, but all along the shoreline were hundreds of kittens licking the milk, and I just didn't know where to find Mm -hmm. my opening. And then I woke up and realized this was a dream that I had, and I wanted to share it with everyone that I knew, (laughs) but I was told yesterday by HR that uh, we are not allowed to comment on dreams that we have in the nighttime space Ever again to anyone we work with, and it is quite disturbing to me. And is that does not well, you're does not that taking, seem like something I'm not allowed not to not share with my friends?
3: That's not see, that's unfair because we should all be able to hear that. What why it's a good rule is that creeps will use the dream cover to get creepy.
5: Oh, I know, but this yeah. is simply about a, but you're just, a
3: milk-filled lake. You're getting full kittens. on Sessler. That mm. I, can just that's tell, fine. I
5: can still tell you about that.
3: Um, okay. Takeaway. Uh, obviously, a lot of talk about uh, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas that came up and, and sports gambling and all that. I learned that former NFL commissioner Paul Tagliabue refused to even fly over Las Vegas. Do That's you believe that Feels story to be extra. apocryphal or true? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I believe in it. Because, I, and if, if you're not connecting the dots that he was so against the idea of professional football and, Sports gambling that he didn't even want to be in the air range of the mecca of gambling. But d- did he ask for the flight plan like when he was flying coast to coast? I- I'm curious about that.
5: Feels like a Howard Hughes level myth, but
3: um. Um, NFL Networks Omar Ruiz. Uh, remember Sean Casey, your boy with the Reds, the mayor, the mayor. Yeah. Well, that's what Ruiz is uh, amongst the talent. NFL Two of the media. nicest men on earth. The guy is um, bipartisan. He could work. He could work both sides of the aisle. And he, he's, a, he's a big star in the world of politics, I think, if he wants to be. And then my last takeaway is, um, you know, this, it's a long event. It was, the first day was essentially 8.30 until 6.30 sitting in a, an auditorium. And uh, there are lulls. Not all the presentations land. And one uh, prominent network face uh, during one of the presentations sent me what I approximate to be a 300-word text message explaining the 1982 film E.T. as a meditation on faith. So I'm just going to read you. This was I, I am not joking. This was sent to me, okay? This wasn't Mark that sent it. was not Mark. Mm. It is a prominent television fixture on that NFL should, Network. That should
5: rule Mark out pretty quickly.
3: Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is E.T. Allow me to explain why, seeing as I have plenty of effing time right now, the movie is a religious allegory which Spielberg has denied, but who's he kidding? E.T. is Jesus. I'll spare you the details for now, but would be more than happy to share later. Anyway, E.T. says the letter B when he sees it on Sesame Street on TV, and Gertie replies, you said B, good. The little bastard then uses that line when he leaves and tells Gertie, be good. Some fake ass alien that doesn't exist breaks it down minus all the religious shit other people use to weaponize their faith against others. It's great. So when you said, be smart, I guess I said that, or whatever, when that lady was going on for hours, it reminded me of E.T., same with this guy right now, wrap it up, fiend. Wow. That's
5: quite I, I like the review. Do you believe? I need to hear that again, um, but I, I'm more like hovering around who possibly sent it. I'm I think I nailed
6: it. That. I think I nailed it. That's correct. I guess the same thing Greg did. That's correct.
4: I, I do have two, um, two more just quick ones. Okay. Number one, uh, most people, they don't mind if you talk about gambling, but women over the age of 55, don't do it. Don't do it. They're going to hate you. (laughs) We learned that. Um, So sorry to all the uh, older ladies out there. White women over 55. Whenever we've uh, mentioned, yeah, white women specifically. And then finally, if you're coming off the stage, you just talked about HR or anything like that, don't do a fist bump with the next person that's coming up i don't know i just i just it makes me feel awkward and it's just a tough moment in these these settings
3: i mean it's even worse when it's the the high five and fist bump get confused and you get the half and half sloppy one which happened i saw that in one instance as well Uh, wes um now we throw to you and feel free to throw in another thought before you get to it but we want to hear the official 2019 corpo jargon
6: I'll save Update. most of my thoughts for the uh, Riveron section coming okay. up in the future, but 9:32 uh, a.m. We're basically there for <laughs> about an hour on the first day, and I wrote down, "Wait, who sent the memo to avoid corpo buzzwords this year?" That's true. It was obvious that somebody has gotten to these people and told them not to. Now I did catch them using weird words as verbs, which I, delighted me to no end when somebody say that said, three times fast. Somebody said, well, what if this team is id on that? Mm, id <laughs> And uh, we also got, we'll offline that conversation. Love yeah, that one. That's a great sit. it.
4: Let's offline this. Yeah. Uh, I've got this one written down. Had that was not a, a, uh, a great example, though, of, of someone making it all about them <laughs> <laughs> themselves taking out a total personal vendetta in, in front of 40 that people. That was uncomfortable. It's a, it's a beautiful thing.
6: So my favorite quote of the first day was, we sound like dinosaurs even saying this, but there's so much more beyond the linear space.
3: <laughs> that sounds like a crazy guy that runs a cult that wears red sneakers you know the whole group you might not be far off
6: yeah I, I heard <laughs> linear space a few times and I'm still not sure what they mean by that That's,
3: it doesn't matter what it means it just it sounds good what else
6: and then uh, really this was like leading off the game with back-to-back homers yeah. one, of, one of my favorite people in the newsroom area uh, unleashed this in one breath If we can put a button on this and point to a North Star,
3: (laughs) 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 two
5: corpo jargons in one sentence. Mad Libs, like, hit out of the park right there, basically.
3: I love North Star so much.
6: Yeah. And I think that's about it. Like I said, I think somebody got to these people. I know... Uh, my boy Kingsley at one point said this was a strange kabuki dance, which I know isn't corporate jargon. Like that that's, that's a point to uh, Japanese
5: culture. I, I think there's like been a real push, to your point, and someone spoke it in some meeting somewhere that we were not invited to and never will be, about let's look real transparent and genuine to these people, but then suddenly they slip back into the old habits and that's where the jargon starts to pop forth. Yeah, I think they just, you know... Not a come.
4: lot of above the treetops, which not a single disappointed one. by.
5: No, I think somebody
6: got to him. I think maybe a secretary pushed something onto a desk and said, These people said this in a podcast, and you got to change your message
3: this year. All right. Good stuff. Excellent. Well done, everyone, including you, Erica. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, all right. That's it for uh, today's show. Why does show? Erica
4: always sound like a hostage?
7: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
3: I don't know. Uh, all right. So that's it for this week's show. Uh, Mark, you're going on
5: vacation? Yes, is that I am. correct? What are that you is doing? Cr- uh, family vacation, visiting my parents and other people in New Hampshire next week.
3: Nice. So not one of those, uh, staying in LA and walking in the alleyways while carrying a Kerouac book. Not one of those.
5: Not unless I alone <laughs> miss the plane.
3: <laughs> well, enjoy yourself in New Hampshire, which is in New England, which means a lot to you, Erica.
1: Yeah, I'm from New Hampshire originally. I thought
3: you were from Massachusetts. No, 45 minutes no, no, been been through this, And they are very so we'll
5: distinctly think. different places. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. We'll be back on
3: Monday. We will hit the river on stuff. Um, Mark, if you have any thoughts you want to offload, take it offline with me and we'll uh, make sure they get into the show.
5: I think it's a good one. Yes, I will will send you some thoughts. Just on it for a while, and then (laughs) offline. I will do that.
3: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, let's not get too above the treetops here. Uh, We will be back Monday, so make sure you check it out. Thank you to everyone. And um, that's it. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood, Behind the Glass. Till Monday! (laughs)
7: Grown men drawing baseball
5: fields in the sand.
3: It was a long day.
2: <laughs> Poolside. Bullside, 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 bullside,
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want,